gear as always you may be listening watching however you're doing that we appreciate the folks on facebook live or archive and of course on our youtube channel ladies and gentlemen the man that's playing injured for quite a while now we love him to death kyle from lagrange barber how are you dude i don't even leave off that love me to death thing right now but uh i uh just hanging in there man one minute i feel good the next minute i feel like crap um Hit it back to the doctor tomorrow. We'll see what happens. All right. We've been praying hard for you the last week. And I tell you what, uh, we know one way or another, you're going to pull strong and uh, be ready for Christmas for sure. Uh, early, early December, no doubt. Bubba Rosenbaum, how are you, man? Doing well, guys. Hope you all are. Yeah. With us right now, we're very excited to bring back one of our favorites, a guy that's been with us from the very beginning. I think this third month, and that would be Corey Glor, the play-by-play voice of the EC Pirates. I think he's the bodyguard for Malcolm Gray and Tom McClellan in the press box. I'm not quite sure, but uh, is that I'm true? I'm the bodyguard or not? for Joanne, who is the head stat keeper. There. Okay, that's, okay. That's what I'm the bodyguard for. <laughs> All right. I was telling guys, I was telling Corey pre show that the press box is huge, right? And so literally they have everybody social distance. They have me to the far right. And I've been to the last few games and you see Corey in the far left corner, and I'm at the very, very end. I was sitting with the NFL scouts last time, even though I'm not an NFL scout. But yeah, you're, not, you're not an NFL scout. All, too. all this time, I thought you were. I thought he was too. I had no idea. I, I had yeah. no comprehension that you have been at these games, Dave. You, you're in a completely different. It's a wide open room that we're. It in. feels like but, a time zone of different I mean, time yeah, zone. It friend. feels like we have our own zip code up there. Yeah, and yeah. so I, I, when you said you've been at these games, I was floored. I just, I gotta open my eyes a little bit more here. Apparently, so you're gonna be there Saturday. I take it. Well, I think Bubba's gonna be there. I have to work, unfortunately, but well, fortunately for my family, unfortunately because I want to be at the game. Uh, I believe Mr. Rosenbaum is going to fill in for me on Saturday. And uh, right, is that right, Bubba? I'll be in Greenville. I, I may uh, may be in the stands because because um, my dad's going, and then Riley oh. may be going as well. But that that had originally been my plan, but um, couldn't pass up the opportunity to you know have have the family time. Yeah, and I and I've been at the last two home games thanks to a uh, mutual friend of all ours. That's a uh, Hook me up with tickets, but uh, I'm not going this Saturday for obvious reasons. Um, Tip but, of the uh, cap to you, uh, Kyle from Lagrange, for what the second I get like a, a slightly scratchy throat or like a congested nose, I'm I'm done. Like so, the fact that you're actually doing this uh, while battling whatever this is you're battling, well done, yeah. sir. Yeah, no doubt. It. The, the job, my, my, my regular nine to five job might not be so happy that I'm doing this when I'm coming to work. <laughs> but I, I, but I, you don't I have risk, to be around people, though. You don't exactly. have to be where, I risk making no one else sick. I yeah. think they're okay. They'll be yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. No question. Corey, I have a, I'm going to ask you this. I know we're at the end of football season, so we'll talk a little football and maybe some basketball. But I'm, I will go ahead and say this, and hopefully Coach Godwin doesn't get mad at me for saying this. I'm very worried about baseball season because of the very fact of the holiday season coming up. And I, I just want to get your thoughts. How do you feel as a play-by-play voice? Because the last – I would just say this. I want the baseball season, even if there's no fans. The last thing I want to do is start the season and get teased like we did back in the spring. So we we have our buddy. We didn't even get a chance to do movie lines. Um, I felt like the team was a super regional team. Um, the talent that we had – not that we don't have talent this year – but I, I don't want to start the season and then, yeah. oh, by the way, we can't uh, – the season's canceled. You're like, what? 
I like so how do you feel? Way around. I, uh, I, I, it's, I think it's impossible to not have some trepidation with where we sit now and looking forward. And that goes for not just a couple months from now, which we're less than, I guess, three months from when it's scheduled to start technically. And, uh, and it goes to just tomorrow. Like uh, with, with, I mean, I've been on this during, you know, pandemic time with you guys a couple times and we keep beating the same drum every time you have me on the, the fact that we're still at this point is amazing. And there, I, I don't know where the baseball coaching staff sits right now in terms of how they feel about the season starting on time. I think they're, they're moving forward as though it's going to start in mid February, but they are also, I think at the ready and understanding that things can change on a dime, whether that is pushing the start of the season back, whether that is reshuffling what their schedule will look like on short notice, as we've seen from basketball here this week. So I think they are, they understand the the picture here and the fingers crossed of, of all, all these good things we're hearing about vaccinations and maybe early spring or maybe sometime in the spring, but we just don't know. And so that they are, I think, trying to get everything on their, on their mind right now, of what could potentially happen. And, and hopefully it doesn't reach a point where we're talking about the season coming to a screeching halt, like it did this past year. Um, but we just don't know. So yeah, I think, I think if anyone's kind of looking at this and saying, we will absolutely be getting 56 games in, we're starting mid February. It is still, it, I mean, it's, it's great. I would love to be saying that I want that to happen. I don't know if it's going to, I don't think anybody in their right mind is going to happen here with baseball, especially with everything we've seen from football, whether it's ECU related nationwide and now trying to just get basketball started um baseball is a ways away and i think it's a ways away in a lot of people's minds right now because there's a lot of other things that we're trying to get figured out still yeah they they, they claim the latest from the cdc is we're gonna start having vaccines next month for doctors nurses uh you know first responders etc and then hopefully out to the masses by the spring and yeah. if that's the path you know, what I kind of wonder right now is even with basketball, why are we even trying? Why not just push basketball and baseball, start them both around March or April if we're going to have vaccines out by then? And uh, why even mess with it right now or, or with basketball or baseball in February? I mean, what's the harm in just pushing them both back a couple months? Uh, uh, what's the harm in put? Well, let's start with basketball. The, the harm is not having a tournament and – Play it in May. But I'm, I'm with you, frankly. I think that was just kind of taking a, a breath here and seeing, frankly, I don't mind basketball starting tomorrow or, or there might be a game tonight, frankly. There, I, I think ESPN has a game or two tonight, but I, I don't mind starting it. But do I, I don't know how far into December this might go because it's very different with basketball in that. When there's one positive case, player, staff member, yeah. coach, someone who's around yeah. the team for practice, everything shuts down for two weeks. And the CDC, that, that same report you just referred to, Kyle, said that the, the the recommendation for quarantine might be sliced down now from the CDC from 14 days to 10 days at max. And so 
maybe that has a little bit of a different impact here, but it's you're in close quarters with everybody indoors. There's no separating positions in basketball when you're practicing. So when one goes, everyone stops. And so the fact that you're seeing Indiana state drop at their, their tournament that caused ECU to cancel their trip to Fort Myers this week. Uh, I mean, it's a minefield that this is about to be a part of. And, you know, Rick Pitino, who uh, is, you know, whatever you think of Rick Pitino, um, he, he said exactly what you were talking about there, Kyle. Why not just take a little bit of a pause here, see what develops over the course of the rest of this calendar year. And if we're at a point in January where we could maybe start things up or at least progress down that path because we're getting vaccinations coming in or starting to disperse to, to first responders and, and people in the medical field. And there's a plan for that or, or even pushing it back further. He said, do a conference slate starting in March and push the tournament back to May. Like oh. it's not, it's not the worst idea in the world. The, the NCAA has other ideas. And so that's why things are starting tonight and tomorrow or trying to at the minimum. You know, one thing I was thinking, if we're going to play it now, Bubba and I were talking about this earlier, why not play you scrap conference schedules, play a regional schedule with the, we counted uh, 28 or 29 uh, division one basketball teams in North Carolina and South Carolina. That was without even getting to Virginia. Um, so why not just have schools play a regional schedule and then go play a conference tournament at the end of the season? And Kyle, just to, just to clarify, I did not realize that you meant uh, when you were talking about the regional schedules. I thought you were talking about for the non-conference portion of the schedule, not in place of the entire conference schedule. Well, to clarify, Bubba didn't like my idea, and he wants to be let it known right now. <laughs> well, uh, just, just to be clear, just to be that clear, that would be that would be a pretty that'd be a pretty decent idea for the American because there's not a ton of. I mean, the conference is so widespread. You know, the ACC, half of it is pretty regional already. So, you know, you're talking about some drivable games a lot. And Bubba is right. If you look at the ECU men's non-conference schedule, it is regional. It is very regional based. There's only four games on it right now. So, uh, but it's all it's all schools within, you know, two, three hours from yeah. here. And it's drivable. So that, that was done by design. Um and the thing that really complicates that, if you wanted to even attempt to go in that direction, is just because of television contracts. I, w I would think that I mean that'd be pretty tough to get around. You know the ESPN deal that uh, East Carolina and the American has. Yeah, I mean TV contracts are likely a player in how we're seeing this basketball season trying to get started and. When you're talking, I mean, the, the ESPN plus deal for the American, you know, the, there's a stipulation of what those games are, but it, I don't know if it's beholden to this conference matchups. I think they want conference matchups, but, you know, when you look at Big Ten Network, ACC Network, SEC, whatever the Pac-12 tries to do with their network, that those are kind of formulated <laughs> on conference matchups. And, yeah, money wow. is talking here for better or worse money is talking about why they're going to try a somewhat normal looking basketball season um in spite of everything that's going on Corey, there's the speculation going around uh, to replace the uh, three lost games in florida that uh, we may be trying to put together we meaning east carolina our own uh 
our own little, uh, you know, mini event here with uh, three other teams. Uh, have you heard anything about that? No, uh, it doesn't surprise me that that might be out there because it wasn't ECU dealing with COVID uh, that caused them to bow out of the tournament. It was yeah. Indiana State bowing out, and they, they were rightly worried about traveling down there, um, even though they were planning on busing down there. But uh, So I haven't heard anything about that, but um, – that's not a surprise if that is something that they're trying to cook up. And Corey, with the very fact of the, you talking about the tournament, um, Joe Dooley and staff have done such a nice job building this program already. And this is a year number three for Dooley. If they can somehow get off to a nice start with a tournament, like if it's not in four Myers, if it's Charlotte, wherever you get off to a great start. And then when you have the conference play, I mean, this has been 2020, right? So, like normal years, we were towards the bottom. Right now, who in the world knows what could happen with conference play? But if you can just get off to the – that's what's been hurting East Carolina the last few seasons as they start off very, very slow in non-conference when you really need to start off very, very strong, especially when you're playing in a big boy league like the American. I think this team is – more poised than most, frankly, in the country to handle what this season might be because you're dealing with really on paper one new guy to work into the fold. Uh, everyone else you know, everyone else is back by and large, and everyone else you know their skill set and their ability. So it's Noah Farrakhan is the newcomer that they anticipate will be part of the mix right away. But you know uh, there's a cohesion here where you bring back 98% of your scoring from last season, and you you know everyone's place now. So it's not like a season ago where they walked in with so many new pieces and then they got hit with injuries before the season even started, so you didn't have a starting backcourt for the first month of the year. And it took a while to get going. Now, regardless of when this season tips off, they are very much on the same page. They were on the same page when they came back to Greenville and started practicing back in the summer. They were on the same page when they had to pause because they ran into COVID things in the early fall. So that they are they are in a spot that a lot of other teams, most of the teams in the nation are not in. And that you have the vast majority of this team knowing what their roles are, knowing what the team is supposed to operate like, and everyone's bought in. So that's why last year, and I think the back half of last year, despite the more losses than wins, you saw the improvement. You saw people slide into their spots. You saw people understand what was trying to be built here. That's what makes, you know, the last half of last year so important is stuff like is this is coming up here whenever they start whenever there's a break in the season, whenever they need to stop, if they need to stop, um, they can handle like that. That's why I think there should be some optimism around what this team can do this year, barring, of course, this team's able to do it. <laughs> uh, yeah. We're talking about uh, basketball. I want to uh, talk about all sports with Corey Glor, uh, the play-by-play voice of the ECU baseball pirates. And uh, Bubba, I know that one of our, Good friends, Johnny has a comment, uh, one of our regular listeners and viewers, and he says uh, to you, Corey, nice class announced today from the signing period. 
And he says that uh, from the for to come in next year, quite a big few big guys, both position and pitchers, some excellent range on uh, velocity already coming in with the arms for Coach D to work with in the future. The thing that stood out to me with the baseball team when I was out there for the Purple Gold Series a few weeks ago is this might be the biggest team that Godwin has had in his time here, just size-wise. These kids are, are massive. They, they are on the same level. Uh, that was a, a, something he preached when he got the job here. Cliff said, I'm, I want to make the, this team look like an SEC team. And they look the part now. They are, that's a big group. Um, and not just, you know, your corner infielders, not just, you know, Gavin Williams. I mean, these are – there is some true honest-to-goodness size on this team. And so now they look the physical part of being the top 10 team that we know that they have been. That this And now signing day today, and there's a common theme. The size is there. The arms are overflowing right now with this club. And you lose one of your main arms from this past season in Alec Burleson. But the stuff that I saw in the Purple Gold series, um, there, there's plenty to spare. So I think, you know, you, you, you don't want the season to be stopped if it starts on time. I think, uh, I think I'm on the same page with you because the, the pitching staff that this team can provide if they get into a nice little rhythm is going to be as good as anyone in the country. Yeah. And before baseball and even before basketball, we gotta, we gotta finish football, Corey. Uh, how much, how how much, how much have you been following, uh, Mike Houston and the guys this year? We got, uh, SMU to close the season, a game I've pointed to all year, and so that just screams upset to me. Thanksgiving weekend, SMU, you know, defensively struggles some, uh, particularly against the run at times. Um, though they've been a little better against the run the last couple of times out. Um, I, uh, you know, I don't like them coming off the loss to Tulsa. Uh, the thing that lessens our chances of pulling off the upset. But, you know, we've been so much more competitive at times this year. We got robbed in that Tulsa game, just absolutely robbed. That's been talked about to death. I mean, the worst officiating I've ever seen in my life. Clearly, just an absolute screw job. Um, and Montreal screw job? Not, not the Montreal screw job, but uh, right up there with the Montreal screw job. Um, right. then, uh, Bubba got that joke. No, I don't think Bubba or Corey got that joke. Um, then you uh, – The wrestling to- reference. Of course, it's a wrestling reference. It's Kyle. Yeah. Well, but Dave made that. Uh, but, uh, then you go back to the Navy game. We didn't have Holton. And you figure if you have Holton, you probably win that game. Oh, we just had any kind of passing game. No uh, Norfolk State game. Well, I'm just talking about what we played. Right now, we could easily be 4-4 four and four going into this SMU game. And, uh, you know, and if that was the case, we probably would be playing a game on the 5th to make sure we'd have a chance to finish 500. But uh, I think we've improved a lot. The record don't show it. Um, I, it would be nice to figure out a way to pull off an upset and finish the season on a positive note. I think you hit on the key point for as we eventually look back on this football season. They look improved. It might not show in the record. I mean, before this started, I saw – Utah, Arizona State canceled. I saw Wisconsin, Minnesota canceled. Houston and whoever they were playing was canceled. Tulsa, I think, um, which is a big cancellation yeah. right now. Um, 
it's going to have to take a little bit of time for, I think, people to jump on board with the fact that you're going to not want to look at the record this season when, when judging it, just period. Whether it's ECU, whether it's, I mean, Cincinnati. I mean, they might be a playoff team. Like, it, it's this year is so much more about how did a team get through all this? Where did they improve? Where did they step back? This is an analyzing your talent year. Period. I mean, it, it, if there are people, there are folks out there, and, and you guys might be on that group that are still clinging to the, the win and the loss of this season. And I get that. That's part of being a fan, but that's just not going to be the case this year. Like it's just not. And in that regard, the fact that you found two really high caliber running backs in your freshman class this year, and if they ride out everything, you have them for four more years. Um, the fact that they, I feel, have improved on the linebacking core this year. Um, there's a lot to like about what we've seen from the youth on this team and knowing that they can be around for a while. The, the, the passing game has been a little uh, disappointing this year. Um, there have been a lot of breakdowns in the secondary, but a lot of injuries in the secondary. So um, this is a year where I, I hope people kind of put this into perspective with everything that's gone on. Just wave your hands around over the last nine months. I, I hope people latch on to whether they finish, what, three and six if they win on Saturday or if it's yeah. two and seven. Not a big deal. It's really not because how did this team get through all the fact that they might even be playing nine games this year when Wisconsin might not make it to three? Like, that's, I mean, that's something you take out of this. Not necessarily that they got, you know, beat by Tulane when they, that shouldn't really have happened like that. Not when they, they beat a Temple team that was down to six people, like that sort of thing. Like, it's how did this team change from the team we saw a season ago? That's what we yeah. did. Expanding on what you're saying, Corey, I know Mike Houston today in his um, weekly press conference, he was saying that if you'd have told him that we would have played nine games at this point, um, assuming we get Saturday in, that uh, he would have never believed it. He thought we would have four or five. Yeah, I mean, and this was when we were when the ECU Cincinnati game was happening. This was something that the ESPN broadcast was talking about that night when it came to Cincinnati and their playoff push that they might get 11 games in, yep. which very, uh, they might be the only one who gets 11 games in across the country with this rate. Now that could easily change. But the fact that Mike Houston and first-year defensive coordinator Blake Carroll and Donnie Kirkpatrick and that staff is going to have nine games to look at for a team that can all return next year, that is invaluable. And the fact that they've able they've been able to make it through, knock on wood, with just the first couple weeks being bagged, which happened to everybody this year, um, that's a win unto, its, unto itself. No, it anyway, guys, uh, one, I want to get uh, this is a roundtable topic. Uh, all the talking heads this morning were talking about guys. I didn't think it was a big story, but I want to get you guys take. Uh, of course, the uh, the whole incident with Clemson and Florida State. Um, I didn't think it was a big deal. It could actually happen to us where we went to Philly, the Temple, and, you know, it, it looked like we were not going to play the game. And Mike Houston, pretty much I think he said, we're playing the game. 
and the powers that be said it was okay. We play the game, we get a win. Um, I want to get you guys take because I didn't think it was a big deal, but uh, then all of a sudden the story has become a bigger story because Clemson with Dabo Swinney pretty much is saying you didn't play not because of COVID. You didn't play because you didn't want to lose the game badly. Well, who knows? Um, I, if, uh, if that's the case, if they use COVID as a scapegoat, so to speak, then shame on them, um, particularly to wait until the morning of. Uh, you know, I, to me, if you're going to make those accusations, you better have proof. Um, so, uh, you know, Dabba Sweeney's well-respected. Uh, so if that's the case, if, if, uh, if Florida State used COVID kind of as a scapegoat to get out of the game, um, in other words, I'm sure there was some positive cases, but they probably could have played anyway. And they were like, you know what? Uh, no, no, we're, we're, we can't, we're not going to play. Then shame on them. Uh, but if, if Dabo's going to make those accusations, then you better be able to back it up. I, uh, I think Dabo needs to read the room like, and understand that we're two days from Thanksgiving and like there's nothing figured out still about this. Uh, from my understanding, Clemson had a symptomatic player yes. who was testing negative during the week in practice, tested okay. positive when he got right. to Tallahassee. Uh, and was symptomatic, was, was actually showing signs of it. And when Florida State found out, they were concerned about not just him, but who he might have been around. And so that's what led to the game being stopped. Uh, if that is, if they, if, if Kyle said they used that as a reason to not get drummed by 50, I have no issue with it, frankly. Like that. If Florida State said, saw what was unfolding there and said, you know what, there is a risk, uh, a greater risk to these kids by putting them out there when Clemson has been practicing with a guy who has it all week long, I have no problem with them shutting it down. And Dabo going on this war path during this week um, is really out of touch with what's going on right now. So... Uh, I rarely enjoy giving Florida State the the credit for anything. I don't care <laughs> about Florida State. But if they shut it down because they worried about exposing their team to this pandemic, so be it. Like, And if they used it because they didn't want to get their brains beaten in by the but, potential number one team in the nation, so be it. Like, I, I don't – I have no issue with it whatsoever. Well, I do if they, use it, if they use it just not to get their asses kicked. Now, if they were genuinely concerned, then 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 great. But if you're going to use it just just so you don't look, in other words, would they have had the same reactions if they were playing Florida International? So versus Florida State, or excuse me, Jesus Christ, that doesn't work. But yeah, we'll just go with it. Let's say they were playing FIU instead of Clemson. Sure. Uh, the, the would they have had the uh, the same the game reaction? that they could have won? Yeah. Yes. Would they have had the same reaction? And if the answer is yes, then great. If the answer is no, then it was bullshit. I would love to. I would love to think it was yes, but no, we won't know. But yeah. I, I don't have any issue with them saying no to it. And for East Carolina, we could have not played for the last four years because I was. We don't want to get our ass kicked. So, <laughs> I, I, as that for as that hour unfolded in Philadelphia, the the noon to I guess yeah. twelve fifty, 
I thought for sure that game wasn't going to happen. I, I really would. And, and frankly, I'm a little surprised it did with everything we were hearing from that broadcast about how Temple had a player who was showing symptoms in warmups. Um, and then they put five on the list right before kickoff. Uh, but that's really not what happened. What had happened was his girlfriend was positive. Well, and, see, uh, that, what Brett McMurphy said, girlfriend was positive, uh, and that's what led to the to yeah. this happening. The the TV broadcast said someone was showing symptoms in warm-ups uh, for Temple. They took him to go get a test. I'm, going, so, with, I'm, I'm going with McMurphy. He seems to be more accurate than clowns on ESPN. <laughs> Uh, oh, oh well, there's a uh, no love loss for ESPN, I'm sure, with Kyle. But um, and Corey, as far as before we let you go, I know you've been. Um, I know there's big Thanksgiving coming up. Uh, so up next will be we have uh, basketball, and then when will you? When do you think, as far as um, baseball, as far as like a starting of a season, they would probably have to tell us something in January, right? Before well, sometime middle of January. If you think about it, that's, I mean, normally by this time, a schedule is usually out in some capacity. It's usually yeah. in November. Um, I think it's understandable why there isn't one at the moment. So I'm looking at, I'm, I've just pulled open my, my calendar on my phone. Uh, the season in a perfect world, in a non-COVID world, should be starting on the 19th of February. That That's when it should be going. Uh with everything that's been going on, I would imagine a schedule by the 1st of February would be um, about a target date. I mean, but like they, they cannot, with any sort of certainty, put something on ink right now. Like, right. like I, I know, frankly, uh, what schedule that they're hoping to play. I know what the backup schedule is. Um, I don't know specifics, but I know what in mind they would like to do. Normally, they want normal 56 with midweeks, you know, regionally, three-game weekends into conference play. I know what the I know the backup that D1 Baseball uh, reported was about conference-only, four-game weekends. Um, those are both very much possible. I mean, anything is possible. Um, that's if February 19th can happen. So... I wouldn't be holding on to like a Christmas gift about getting a, a ECU baseball schedule under your tree just yet. Um, it, we didn't get a conference basketball schedule until last week. So, I mean, and the first conference game is the 16th of December. So uh, I, I wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't be holding on, holding your breath for a big baseball schedule reveal for a while yet. All right, Corey. And I uh, appreciate you coming on bud and uh, tell people how they can follow your work and, Maybe we'll hear you on a local radio station again very soon, like Pirate Radio. You did a great job, as always. Uh, thank you, and I'm glad Flip is feeling better. Uh, Me too. Yeah, that was a very much a, an emergency pinch hit situation. Uh, and so I was happy that uh, they reached out to me, and hopefully I didn't burn the place down too much. Uh, where can you reach me? Uh, Twitter, my name. It's right up there. It's over it's above Dave. Um, uh, Instagram. Uh, and my website at Corey Glore, or it's CoreyGlore.com. You can find my illustrious portfolio of work there. And uh, follow me we, on Twitter for commentary. Find my <laughs> website for my actual professional nature. Hey, cool, Corey. One more, one more thing before we let you go, man. Uh, your, your NIU Huskies uh, not looking so good this year. Um, I know you're the the AD up there was really against playing the season at all. Uh, mm -hmm. 
I'm assuming uh, year number two, I can't think of your head coach's name, year number two for him. Uh, obviously, he's getting a bye this year. Uh, how, how was the fan base, uh, even during COVID times, how are they taking the uh, the poor performance so far from the Huskies? Grain of salt. They have, I think the number is 45 true freshmen on the roster. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh I mean, it's it's insane, like how young they are. So I think that, I think, everyone kind of understands what's going on there that they'll finish 0 and six. Like it's just, that's just going to be, if they get all six in, they'll finish 0 and six. So uh, yeah, they, uh, NIU was kind of the, the leader of the pack of the Mac there of saying, we shouldn't really be doing this. And the Mac was the first to pull the plug and the last to plug it back in. So um yeah, I mean they're 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 plowing forward and they're not going to get a win most likely. But that as long as they stay healthy and they uh, you know maneuver this all right, then I'm okay with it. All right. Hey, all right. Corey, Corey uh, very quickly, Dave. Um, since this is probably the last time we'll have Corey on before Christmas, maybe not. But uh, Corey, I, I'm trying to recall if it was last year or maybe it was two years ago. But you had some excellent commentary, albeit brief about uh, one of the movies you always see this time of the year, uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And uh, and they were talking about how that movie could be detrimental to to the minds of our youth. Uh, what so, was that again? Do you remember what you said? <laughs> Going to have to forgive me because that was, it sounded like an alien and I couldn't understand what Bubba was saying there. So I saw uh, it translate that, for me. Uh, he said that you had, a, you had some commentary either this year or the year before about uh, how somebody had said in the media that Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer could be detrimental to the health of today's youth. What? <laughs> it, 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 was, it was something to that effect, Corey, because you just, you just quote tweeted it and said, said look, go to H-E-L-L. <laughs> Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer yeah, I'm sorry, I forgot to get Bubba's medicine. I'm sorry. He said he, he said he said it was on Twitter. You quote tweeted it and yeah, told whoever yeah. said it to go to hell. Yeah. Oh no! Watching Rudolph the Red Nosed yes. Reindeer was yes. yeah detrimental to like someone's mental health. You correct. Right. Oh yeah, that, yeah. They absolutely should go to hell. Like <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's like I there there is a I think a small bullying element to that story that maybe they were highlighting yes. there, but yes. it's it's a wonderful uh, heartwarming tale of an upstart <laughs> red nosed reindeer saving yeah. Christmas. And well, listen, uh, if that per- I, I have I have no patience now this holiday <laughs> season of people crapping on stuff that makes people happy. Like yeah. at, at this point, do whatever you want. Like I well, put Christmas lights up already. Like yeah, just, my I, wife decorated. Look, my wife put up the Christmas tree on November first. Yeah, it's uh, like I, I but, don't care. Like yeah. if 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 you want to if you want to you know start putting presents under the tree now if you want to open gifts now like go for <laughs> it like this year of all years if you're gonna if you're gonna judge people for watching like Rudolph or It's a Wonderful Life just skip the first hour and a half but like if you're gonna judge people for that like just uh, no. I, I don't have time for that this year. It's 2020. I'm, I'm putting lights up. I'm going to probably drink eggnog. Like, it's just, All right. like, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> you know, the thing about Rudolph, guys, I don't know if you, anybody else feels this way, and then we'll let you go, Corey. But uh, I've always kind of wanted to see an alternative ending to Rudolph where, you know, Santa comes up and goes, Rudolph, with your nose so bright, 
won't you guide my sleigh tonight? And I want Rudolph to look at Santa and go, you know what, you fat son of a bitch. You've criticized me this whole time. You and all your goofy-ass elves and all these other assholes here in the North Pole, you've done nothing but talk crap about my red nose. And now that it's foggy and you can use me and you see that you can use me to your advantage, you want me to get out of there and fly your sleigh because now you want to use my red nose. Screw you, Santa. No, That's, what, that what, movie's called Bad Santa. That's already happened. What, uh, really what the ending word. should be, my perfect ending, is, is similar to that where they finish their night on Christmas. They finish their travel and Santa says, all right, Rudolph, take us back to the North Pole. And then Rudolph's eyes turn red and he turns around, just pulls out a hacksaw and just cuts the sleigh off behind him. <laughs> and th those eight deer and Santa and that sleigh take a plunge and Rudolph just sails into the sky. And well, we the other eight, the other eight deer can still fly, though. Oh, no, they couldn't see, though. That was the problem. So they, that's I mean, true. Sure. They'll just be flying around here. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, especially well, Donner. That guy sucked. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Corey, uh, I, you never know where the show is going to go, but uh, certainly uh, I love it. I love Rudolph and love Frosty and all those specials and had a chance in radio in the, in the 90s to we had uh, both Rankin and Bass be on our show um, and a talk show we did. And so talk of the town back in the day, it was really awesome to be able to talk to them and um, and to have somebody talk crap about that. You know, forget about it. Uh, same thing with like Christmas songs. Now everybody's overanalyzing everything. It's just uh, about Christmas songs. Yeah, I, this, that. I mean, come I'm on. Like my Sirius XM has a preset Christmas music channel, and I usually don't like Christmas music, but this year I'm just like, nah, I'm going to put some on. So, All right. Deal. Well, uh, early Christmas to you. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy New Year. We'll see you in uh, 2021. Stay safe to you and your loved ones. Kyle, get better. Appreciate uh, it. And uh, we will be talking down the road, no question about it. And wherever Bubba just disappeared to, uh, give him my best as well. He All went right. to Santa and the elves and the uh, yeah, reindeer. Yeah, he went to go he save Santa and the reindeer. Yeah, exactly. All right, All see right. you, buddy. All right, bye. bye. All right, Corey Glor, the ECU play-by-play -play voice. Appreciate him very much. I had no idea he was going to give a commentary on on Rudolph, but uh, it's 2020. I uh, appreciate Bubba. That was very cool, uh, very cool reference. Uh, next up, uh, we'll, I had a chance to meet this guy a couple years ago. He was with the East Carolinian. And uh, did a fantastic job with this. If you don't know what East Carolina is, you probably uh, do because you're watching and listening to this podcast, this show. But East Carolina, of course, is a school newspaper for the East Carolina uh, for the Pirates. And uh, this gentleman did a nice job there. He started his own website, uh, pirateanalysis.com. And I saw over the weekend that uh, he's leaving us. So I reached out to Bubba. I said, we got to have him on the show. He's always been very kind to me. He's always been very good to me. Want to bring in first time, and hopefully you come back on uh, when you're your new beat in uh, Montana. Daniel Shepard, how are you, buddy? Doing good. How are you? Good. Glad. I was sad to read that. I'm very happy for you personally. Very sad for Pirate Nation, and sad for Pirate fans. But uh, I understand personally that you're graduating. It's hard to believe that you're graduating, and now you're moving on. And uh, to I, I don't know if it's bigger, better things for Pirate Nation, but bigger and better things for you personally. Right. Yeah. I just wrapped up my, uh, my classwork for my uh, communication degree, uh, concentration in journalism, but, uh, yeah, I'm moving to Montana, uh, Helena, Montana, beginning next month. I'm going to be working for the, uh, Helena independent record, uh, covering Carroll college, which is in a IA school. 
a couple of high schools out there. So uh, you know, excited to get my professional career going. Um, you know, all that entails, and I appreciate you guys for having me on today. So you're you're moving to Helena. When will you officially be out in Helena, Montana? I believe we're making the move the third week of December. I think my first day with him is December 30th. So you decided to move to Montana in December. Oh yeah, it's not the best decision, but <laughs> did uh, now, now have you have you uh, have you invested in lots of winter clothing? Because I mean, uh, whatever you had here, yeah, well, that too, look, good lord. <laughs> That's well, indoors only. <laughs> right. I live in the indoor I live in the western part of the state in North Carolina, so I live in the mountains. Yeah, so what part? Little, what part of the mountains? Right. I live. I, you know, I'm used to a little bit colder weather, so I have pretty good amount of winter clothing. But I'm I'm stocking up. Well, what part of the mountains of North Carolina are you in? Uh, I'm in uh, Yancey County in Burnsville, North Carolina. Okay. Okay. So I mean, you know, unless you're like on the top of you know, <laughs> on top of like you know. Uh, uh, Beach Mountain or Sugar Mountain or right. something like that. That's that's just not going to. I know it gets cold up in the mountains of North Carolina, but it's still compared to Montana. I mean, come yeah. on, man. It's going to be a it's going to be a learning curve for sure. <laughs> no question. And as as far as high, you're talking about high school football, mm-hmm. uh, Friday Night Lights and and an NAI college. I can't imagine. I remember my freshman year. Uh, for folks who don't know, I went to Lee's McRae College up in Banner Elk. I transferred my sophomore year to East Carolina, right? So growing up, Kyle knows when we're in Williamston, anytime we got snow, uh, we were excited, right? And so we get the, <laughs> so I get there, the very first time it snowed was like October. And I was so excited that the, the snow was coming down that meant no class. And they looked at me and laughed, the upperclassmen. They said, <laughs> do you realize that at that particular time in 1991, in the history of the college, they had only closed the university cancel classes four times and every single time was because they couldn't open the doors there was so much snow so there was like the fact that i was not going to uh be able to get out of class it was really horrible but um anyway moving on uh as far as your east carolina time i want to talk about that and what you've seen what you've discovered and uh i think the good thing is that you've covered the pirates um as far as the tough times you'll be able to enjoy it more knowing that when you left it better than you found it, right. As far as your student career and then covering the pirates the last few years. Absolutely. You know, it's kind of bittersweet. I covered, you know, ECU and, you know, kind of the, the difficult days of the rebuild for the football and basketball teams, but, you know, it's good to know that they're, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel for those, those programs that they're coming out of that rebuild and they're going to be successful here in the next few years. So it'll be nice to keep up with them, you know, kind of from afar, uh, keep up with them and see all that success that, uh, you know, Mike Houston and Joe Dooley, guys like that, they're building right now. What is, uh, what's your, what is your favorite uh, East Carolina athletic memory while you were here? I mean, there's a lot of losing, but there's been some, a few bright spots here and there. What what would be your favorite? Um, it's probably covering the old Miss ECU game, uh, you know, back in February. Uh, top 10, top 15 matchup there in baseball. Baseball is my favorite kind of go-to sport. So that was kind of cool to get to cover. We got to talk to uh, Old Miss's head coach. Um, you know, he he has a lot of baseball knowledge and just a great baseball mind. So it was awesome to talk to him. And that was a great game too. Uh, you know, he had a former first round pick on the mound for Old Miss, a two one game. Uh, so that was really really neat to be a part of. No question about it. In fact, Daniel, you probably heard us talking with Corey Glorious. Uh, this season's been so crazy. What's your take on uh, now that we're we're ending football season? So let's start there. 
what do you think about the the Pirates as far as I know that uh, when you started covering the, I believe it was the Montgomery era. My memory serves me right. Wasn't it Montgomery when I first met you, I believe. Well, and I, now, I transferred in, so I've only been here two years. So I got uh, Mike Houston's first year last year and then this year. Okay. All right. I was thinking there was – all right. So what are, your, what are your thoughts from the time of the beginning of Mike Houston to now? I think there's uh, – you know, even though the record may not be reflecting it, there's tangible evidence of him, you know, turning the program. Uh, it starts with the culture. You know, you can tell just by talking with players and seeing, you know, that culture, how that culture has shifted – uh, them putting in the work every week uh, in practice. And, you know, that's just now beginning to show up on game day. He's finally starting to get the right guys in there in that program, kind of his guys. Um, you know, and it's not going to be too long before they're they're winning consistently. But, you know, he's laid a great foundation. Uh, and, you know, you can't build a house without a foundation. So, um, you know, that's the most important part. So You can. It's called a mobile home. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're <laughs> – no offense to people at mobile homes, but we want to uh, we, we want to have the foundation of the, the Pirates with uh, Mike yes, Houston. Right. Yes, of course. I was just making a bad joke. I know, I know, I know. And I've li- and during my college career in East Carolina, I lived in a mobile home, so I'm not anti mobile homes at all. Um, it, yeah, Daniel. Uh, when you look at Mike Houston, the staff, uh, what you're you're an analytical guy, obviously PirateAnalysis.com. What about the recruiting? What do you what do you think about recruiting and the your stats guy like Bubba, which that's not that's always been a big strong suit of yours and maybe not of mine, but what comes to mind with recruiting stats for this team? Um as far as like where they're coming from and, and things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I've talked to a few few people, a few commits, uh, different programs. It's just about, you know, turning the name of East Carolina back, you know getting it back in the mind of, of some of these local guys. Like I talked to uh, Terry Sanford High School's head football coach. You know, he's talking about how East Carolina's name, you know, he hadn't heard a lot about it in recent years. And, and Mike Houston and his staff has kind of brought the recruiting back to Fayetteville, um, you know, hot and heavy. And you're starting to see guys, you know, Elijah Morris is a good example of that. Uh, just got put on scholarship um, last week. So it's about, you know, getting East Carolina's name back out there in some areas that have been under-recruited here lately that really shouldn't be under-recruited. And, you know, recruiting always starts in your own backyard and then you expand out. So it's about winning the eastern part of the state for East Carolina, um, getting, getting the best guys in that part of the state and then expanding outward to see if you can pull some guys in. And you've already seen evidence of that. I mean, Audio Otosho, he came from UCLA. A lot of these grad transfers, uh, guys along the offensive line. So you're starting to see, you know, supplementing guys in from bigger programs as well as getting some of the best talent you can from, from your area. No doubt. Uh, obviously, as you said, this year's record really doesn't indicate the improvement that's been made by the football team. Obviously, two of the big standouts are running backs, uh, you know, Harris and, uh, oh, God, I'm terrible with names, 25. <laughs> Keith Mitchell, thank you. Um I, uh, they, uh, huge, hugely impressive. Um, you, you can only imagine over the next four years how good those two guys are going to get as they continue to develop. And, you know, as we learn how to utilize them better in our offense. And, you know, I don't know about you, but one thing I, I often wonder watching us play is, uh, I kind of wonder why we don't throw to the running backs more. They, they, both those guys have the ability to catch the ball at the backfield. And we do throw to them. They make they they both made big plays, right? Yeah, 
I think uh, Mike Houston had talked earlier this week, uh, maybe on his radio show, about how you know they try to scheme that up as much as they can to get it to the running backs and maybe execution or something like that. Just don't go, just don't go uh, to perfection and it don't work out. But you know, I think uh, you know they're both fantastic athletes. You've seen Keaton Mitchell even in the return game some uh, have big returns on punts and kicks. So they're both great athletes. Uh, any way you can get the ball in their hand, um, you know, is going to pay dividends. Yeah, and, Keaton, and, you know, oddly enough, Keaton hasn't broken that big one yet like Ayers has. Uh, maybe this week against SMU, as we close the regular season out, will, will, be, uh, will be his moment to have a, a big 50-, 60-yard touchdown run. Right, yeah. Um, he's been up over 100 yards twice in back-to-back yeah. week already. So, um, you know, Rajay's already got three. So, Keaton has a chance to, to tie him with three here uh, at the end of the year. You know, I'd like to see him not time. I'd like to see him both go over 100 yards this Saturday. Right, that'd be that'd be ideal for sure. Indeed. Dave, Bubba, either one of you guys live? <laughs> yeah, Dave, me and you, man. You're my co-host. The rest of the way, I'm here. All right, there, Dave's back. All right, Daniel, Johnny Gardner. Uh, he wanted to know where you transferred in from. I transferred from uh, Malin Community College in Spruce Pine, North Carolina. So, We're certainly glad to have you as uh, the pirate. And uh, talk about the um, one thing that people don't know is uh, East Carolina has a lot of g- different uh, degrees that are fantastic. And one of them is our communication department. Talk about your journalism experience. Uh, I know you worked at the East Carolinian, but talk about the classes, everything. I think that people don't under, I think people underestimate East Carolina and you always hear easy you and all that uh, junk all the time, which I really don't care because if I had a political science degree, it was not easy. Trust me. Um, but what about you for journalism and communications? How was that experience in East Carolina? For those that are listening or watching right now, there's a lot of people that may want to come to East Carolina and, and there's Daniel Shepard right there. Right. Yeah. Um, I never really looked anywhere else, you know, for my communication degree, East Carolina was, uh, you know, probably the best option for me. Um, you know, I think just from a standpoint of, you know, smaller classes, uh, smaller class sizes, things like that uh, helped me. But, you know, the teachers are great. Um, you know, they, they've got great experience in their former um, careers as journalists, and they have a lot of a lot of knowledge to impart on students. And then, you know, you get that real world experience working at, you know, a place like the East Carolinian that you can't get in class, really. You know, you have to experience it on your own, uh, covering games, talking to, you know, players and coaches and staff members and just building building skills that you know you learn about in class but you can't really exercise until you do it on your own so I got a great mix of that you know you learn it in class and then you go out and and put it to use uh, at the East Carolinian so that was a great experience uh, for me uh, wanting to cover sports and that really helped me solidify what I wanted to do in my career which is cover sports for a newspaper or a news organization no doubt about it and you also uh, not only East Carolina, but you had a chance to start your own website. Uh, I want to talk about that because you and I have saw you many times. That, uh, I, another thing I compliment you on is the fact you were like everywhere. You were always there. Like you could count your guy that as far as a fellow me- member of the media, I could always count on. I knew you were going to be there. Like I talked to you. You were there. Um, sometimes we won't touch. We won't say which ones, but sometimes they kind of pick and choose which games they're going to come to. But I have to tip my hat to you or every single game that I can remember. Right. You know, I think that's, 
you know, I'm passionate about what I do. I like to be, you know, in the know about everything. That means, you know, attending games. I mean, everything revolves around what happens on the court or what happens on the field. So you've got to be there to cover it all. And, you know, you might miss something if you're not there. So always be there and always be there early. And no question about it. And uh, so as far as we're concerned, you know, with you're always an alum and uh, you're always a part of the ECU media family. And uh, as far as uh, what do you see the uh, you're talking about baseball? Obviously, I come from a baseball family. I love. But obviously, when it comes to the big three sports, when you have Mike Houston, Joe Dooley and Cliff Godwin. But I think when you look at Cliff Godwin um, and you look where the program is and. Unfortunately, COVID had really destroyed us last year. I really felt like that was at least a super regional team. Unfortunately, we'll never know. So I'm not going to speculate on where we would be in, uh, as far as the 20 this past season for 2020. But uh, what do you think about this coming season? I, I really think that uh, not only with uh, basketball with Joe Dooley, but also with baseball, it's going to be a very special year for the Pirates. Absolutely. Um, you know, you mentioned there that last year, I think last year was was a great shot for them to get you know to achieve their goal of going to going to Omaha. That team, you know, pitching, hitting, everything was was beginning to click on all cylinders right there, right before um, you know the season was postponed. So uh, you know they they brought in another great recruiting class. I've talked to uh, you know a few of those guys and a few of those guys you know even in the future the 2022 2023 class, they're all studs. I mean, Mike or uh, excuse me, Cliff Godwin is is really recruiting uh, to build that program and to make that program the best it can be. And I think under his guidance, you know, he just got a two-year contract extension on top of his uh, original deal there. Um, you know, he's the best guy to lead that program. Um, you know, I think the people in power are, are, are seeing that that's the, the case. And, um, you know, in, in, in his hands, the program is going to go go far, and it already has. But, it, you know, I think it can go to another level here in the next couple of years. And the great thing about Cliff is the very fact, and he doesn't pay me any money. I don't. I'm not on the payroll for baseball, um, but just outside looking in, I follow the program closely. But I'm not on the day-to-day operations. But if you look at the coaches we have now, all across the board, the one thing they have in common, not only the X's and O's, they're fantastic at. There's plenty of people out there that are tremendous at X's and O's, right? But the one thing that we can say in common about all three of the coaches as far as basketball, um, same thing with Kim McNeil, women's basketball, but all the coaches we have right now, they're building programs. They're building them from the – sometimes, look at basketball, we've never had the tradition. So Joe Dooley is really building from scratch, right? Uh, you look at with uh, with football with Mike Houston. But you look at Cliff Godwin. We've already had a successful program in baseball, right? Um, but he's, I hate to say the taking is to the next level because we have such great teams in the past. But when you look at what he's doing, um, there's many times when you listen to D1 baseball and you listen to or you read magazines or different things and you hear East Carolina. And, and you know what's funny, Daniel and Kyle and Bubba? You know what's funny about baseball for college baseball? They never say our name wrong. I've never heard them say our name wrong. It's weird. But these big time, like D1 baseball, the publications, you listen to podcasts, you listen to college baseball shows, different things. They never say Eastern Carolina, but they do in football, especially um, sometimes in basketball. But I've noticed, I don't know, maybe it's just me. You guys, I've listened to many of those shows and I'm just amazed at how I'm waiting for them to say Eastern Carolina. 
but maybe it's the respect that we have in the baseball program being a powerhouse um, that they say East Carolina and they get it right. I'm happy they get it right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, I think, uh, you know, baseball has been that program that's kind of kept, you know, you see on the, on the national map and on the mindset of people here in recent years. And, you know, that's the good thing. You know, the rebuilding programs, ECU can really propel themselves into, you know, a household name here. If they can get the the football program fully turned around and the basketball program rolling, um, really get back to being household names, you know, like they was, you know, 10, 10 or so years ago. No question about it. And I know that it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so are you going to be able to uh, take it? You're going to have ESPN plus and you're, you're, you're like us, a sports nerd. So I'm sure you'll be able to, even though you're going to be cold in Montana, uh, obviously you'll dress warm and you'll be watching and listening to the pirates. The great thing about you now being so young is you don't know the days of when you could, you could hear the games, uh, you know, like if you were close by, but now you have uh, apps and there's websites and different things. Um, but anyway, I wanted to thank you, Johnny, for saying that. But uh, I, I don't. I've just. I said that. I've been scared to mention that point many times. So I, I had the courage, thanks to Daniel, to mention. That. I've just noticed that over the last year or two, listening to podcasts and different shows, that they always uh, baseball. They respect us. That's why they say East Carolina. When other sports, they don't. Unfortunately, and that's not me saying that. I want them to say Eastern Carolina. It drives me nuts, but. Um, but anyway, Daniel, I really appreciate, uh, I just want to say thank you for always being so kind to me. And, uh, certainly I'm not one to be able to, I'm, I have a full-time job. I'm a dad. I'm a, you know, I have comma, comma radio show. I've got a whole bunch of stuff going on and trying to cover the pirates. is uh, it's uh, very tough, but we appreciate you. Wish you the best of luck, my friend. And I hope that you won't be a stranger. would love to have you back on the show, um, because love your insight. You always been great. And, I know before we let you go, we're getting ready to get out of here, but I wanted to say that I know you said that the website's going to be up for a little while longer this spring, right? Right. Uh, till May, the end of May. Um, it's pirateanalysis.com. Um, you know, there's a lot of good links on there. You know, I've mentioned, I've talked to a lot of, uh, you know, baseball recruits coming in the next few years. Um, they offered a lot of great insight into, you know, kind of why they chose East Carolina. Um, you know, talk to Elijah, uh, Elijah Morris's father, his high school coach, uh, before he got put on scholarship. Now, now he is about, you know, kind of his path. So a lot of great links on there, um, you know, and, and you can drop by and, and, and uh, read that. Um, but yeah, that'll be active until May, paradanalysis.com. All right. And give the, uh, and by the way, also, because you're a great writer and I know that you're going to be great and Helena, uh, give that uh, website and the, uh, maybe the newspaper again, we'd love to, from afar, we'll be able to keep up with your work too, my friend. It's uh, the Helena Independent Record. Uh, it's HelenaIR.com. Um, hopefully, get there and get set up and start writing about the end of, end of December. Their football season will start in February, so excited for that. And we'll be following you on Twitter as well, right? Yes, sir. Um, still trying to get a, a Twitter handle set up, uh, working for them. So uh, okay. pass that along pass that along when I get it. But I appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you very much. No no problem, buddy. Good luck and uh, definitely stay warm, be safe, and uh, hopefully uh, move. um, I hate moving, so more power to you. And uh, really proud of you. And thank you so much for, again, for all the hard work you did for for the Pirates and Pirate Nation and the media. And uh, definitely look forward to reading your work very soon. I appreciate it. Thank you guys very much. No problem.
Daniel Shepard there. Appreciate him very much. EC alum and writer and uh, definitely appreciate you, buddy. And uh, it's going to be a great, great uh, 21 and beyond for your career, too. All right, guys, uh, before we go, we're going to uh, promote content that we have coming up. We've been working really hard uh, on a Division One basketball preview that we've been doing for the state of North Carolina. So we have two parts out if you haven't heard that yet. Uh, it's audio only. We haven't been obviously doing it here. We've been doing that so you can listen to that. We have this total of 18 Division One basketball schools in the state of North Carolina. We have the first two parts out. We'll put part three out uh, the next couple of days, uh, probably very, very soon. Um, so be listening uh, in for part three, but you can listen to all parts of that. We have the Marshall tribute we did for the Marshall plane crash, obviously. And uh, Kyle, we've gotten a lot of great comments on uh, that for sure. We're very excited about um, that. We wanted to do the uh, the program Marshall, um, the tie that had East Carolina, of course, the plane crash after East Carolina Marshall, November 14th, 1970. So we have that if you want to listen to that. Um, we have obviously our normal stuff for football, basketball, and baseball, and hopefully we can start uh, talking about basketball, but we have a, uh, before basketball, we have a pirate preview coming out uh, tomorrow, uh, so we'll be doing that as well. Do you have anything you want to say before we go, Kyle? I guess we've lost Kyle. Okay, well, I guess it's just me right now. Appreciate you guys so much. Thank you so much, as always, for watching and listening. Uh, we're on 20 different platforms or more. You can uh, listen to us audio-wise for, obviously, on Facebook. Uh, we have the show archived. If you don't watch it live in our YouTube channel. Thank you so much for watching and listening to the Sports Objective. Good night, everybody. Go Pirates! <laughs>